up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Living the Dream Studios on uh what's today thursday all my days are getting smushed together i'd be so damn busy these yeah, days yeah i don't know my days <laughs> i would have told you it was friday it is thursday december 12th it is thursday Dece- december 12th to be exact as you hear i got d-boy alongside me again d-boy what's going on man always a pleasure man i'm chilling bro I'm indeed chilling. indeed indeed prepping so, for these holidays prepping for these holidays they are coming up and for me, I actually get an extra holiday because you obviously, we just had Thanksgiving. We got Christmas coming up. You got the new year a week after that. And then your and birthday. Then, and then I have a birthday. So for me, it's it's an extra holiday January on top 12th, of the holiday. Mark January calendar. 12th. So um, that's always a cool thing, though, to be able to kind of have that uh, that birthday following up after Christmas and New Year's, giving you something to look forward to. Because a lot of people get in that little dead spot, like once New Year's ends, they really kind of don't know what to do with themselves. They've been so festive and eating bad, eating and all bad, that. All, the whole nine, and they kind of start gaining some bad habits and all that good stuff. And they, they usually they, broke too. They usually, <laughs> yeah, they usually broke. So it's 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 a depressed time of the year. So for me, you know, instead of being in that position where it's like, all right. I've ate bad over the holidays. I drank too much over the holidays. I'm I'm broke because of the holidays. I still get a little bit something to look forward to right after the new year that can keep me kind of up and excited and motivated just about life in general, just something positive to look forward to. And I think that's really another conversation that could be had because obviously, um, and I'm going to get into some announcements here soon, but just going on the fly. Um, obviously you think about kind of the holidays and you think about Christmas and you think about the presents and all the gifts you got to buy and all the money that you got to spend as you getting older D boy. And as we're both getting older, how do you feel about the holidays in comparison to when we were younger and didn't have to necessarily spend the money and got to be excited about more so being on the receiving end of things rather than more so the giving end and having to worry about traveling and appease everybody and all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to understand my dad a little bit more as I get older. <laughs> as far as with the holidays and things like that, I'm definitely festive and I love nostalgia. So the traditions that we grew up on as kids, it's like I could never go into the holiday season or be in the holiday season and not have a Christmas tree and decorate the house. Like, it's certain things that I do like enjoy and i don't count yeah. the dollars. i spend my money on you know different decorations lights trees the whole nine yards like i said so i'm all about that but uh definitely living in oregon has taken a toll on how i feel about you know the holidays per se because like you said you do by nature and by the history of the family you're usually around family during the holidays uh whether it's the thanksgiving holiday you get together and eat whether it's christmas the tradition for us was waking up early and what we used to we used to uh open a gift on christmas eve and over, then yep over uh, one gift, one on, gift christmas on christmas eve. eve and then the rest early on christmas day so as i get older i just enjoy the simple things of the holidays eating good and watching sports bro yeah. that's that's what i like i like that it's usually big games on it's usually games all day going on and you could just chill take it at your own pace 
eat how you want to eat without feeling guilty about it. Um, just the whole nine. So that's how I feel about it. It's definitely, yeah. it adds up. Like I said, living out of up. state, having to travel when we do decide. But I honestly think this time, this Christmas, this year might be the first time where I stay back for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not bro. going back home to Not going back home. I, I, you See, know, my I plan back, was to go yeah. home for Christmas. Right. I'm I'm fastly thinking that my mind is changing and I'll be right here in the O. Yeah. See, I went back, me and the family, we went back for Thanksgiving to California. And so that was all fine and dandy. But uh, Christmas, I'll be staying here. And I kind of have an excuse for Christmas because college basketball season picks up so heavily like just a few short days after christmas that's when you begin conference play for college basketball and so i'll start having so many games left and right and i'll be kind of so booked and booked and busy with that that it made a little more sense for me to be able to go back during the thanksgiving holiday because the college basketball teams i work for were traveling during that time psu was on the road uh pacific was on the road so it really gave me a little bit more freedom to be able to kind of maneuver and not have to miss any games. But after Christmas, oh, it's college basketball all the way until through March Madness, essentially. So I um, I kind of get a little bit of leeway on not going back home for Christmas because just shortly after that, I'll have games. I'll be doing about three to four games a week, and I got to be prepared for that. But a few quick announcements. Um this Saturday, December 14th, I will be back at Export. And I'm just going to keep it lit. Export has been fired up. I mean, I've been thoroughly enjoying DJing there. Obviously, the aesthetics are beautiful. Um, the people there are awesome. The staff there is awesome. But I just feel kind of a shift in the vibe when I'm up there. Not really trying to brag, but I felt like I could shift the vibes a little bit coming into the situation which is why i pushed so hard to be able to get that gig and so i think i'm starting to see the results that was last saturday i dj there it was my fourth time so this will be round number five and this i was there saturday. last saturday it was cracking it was a vibe it was a vibe i'm telling you i, I kind of i'm starting to see the turn where a few people that are regulars are starting to really notice and realize who i am you got your uh you got your staff that really are starting to be real supportive. So, um, and then all the people that I like to invite and have come out is super cool. What you all have been able to do and supporting me as well, because I keep getting booked and I am not mad about that. So come out this Saturday, the 14th, I'll be there from 9 PM through 1 AM. We will be having it rocking. So please be ready to come out and rock with your boy. The vibes will be a one as usual. Shout out to DJ a one. In fact, as I'm saying that, but uh, yeah, just come enjoy the vibes. I'll be there this Saturday today, actually, which you probably won't hear this podcast before the game, but I got a game tonight at Portland state. You know, I like to announce my games that I'm on the call for and covering. Um, but tonight at Portland state, they're playing against Portland Bible college who they should handle um, pretty well. So it's not something that I'm overly excited about. I'm expecting and kind of prepared to have a shit ton of stories to say over the broadcast because I don't think there'll be too much excitement surrounding the game. I will say the last game that I, that I was on the call for when PSU played against Northridge was a great game. I mean, it was a phenomenal game. Um, Portland state was able to pull it out. It was an impressive victory because 
Their two best big men are both still out and injured right now, so they've really been playing small ball, and Northridge definitely outsized them, but Portland State was able to figure it out and be and kind of more so play the role of a pest, and that was how they were able to kind of impose their will physically because they couldn't overpower Northridge. Northridge had the bigger Man, guys on the squad. Matt Hauser hit nine threes. Matt Hauser hit that's nine threes. Matt Hauser hit nine threes. <laughs> but, threes. But, 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 and that's first and foremost, Matt Hauser hit nine threes. Yeah. He was lighting Let's shit up. Oh, I didn't forget it. I was going to save the best for last in talking about that game. But yeah. I, since you put it out there, yeah, Matt Hauser hit nine three-pointers that help but even still though like Portland I mean Northridge got off to a hot start and you could tell they were just a bigger physical more physical team and it kind of took for Hauser even though he got off the way that he did in that game it actually took for Boo Boo Holland Woods Mm -hmm. to come out and kind of start to play chippy because Northridge had a little point guard who could ball his ass off too and early on in the game he came out getting buckets and so Boo Boo Ooh-wee. Boo-Boo, who is a phenomenal point guard and usually the best player on the court in majority of the games that he played in, he kind of started to take it personal, and he scored like eight straight points yeah. after they were Which down. Which can't like, take over Yeah, game. after they were down like 16-4 to four because Northridge came out fast. And so when he did that, you could tell he was a bit chippy, and he kind of he kind of got in his own head a little bit like, all right, I'm going to take this over because I'm the best player out here. And then shortly after that, Matt Hauser just started hitting threes left and right and right and left from any and everywhere. And like I said, defensively, they played well. Rashad Goolsby, who's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he has been playing the role of their big, and he's not, he doesn't have the biggest frame, and he had about 16 rebounds out there. So... Instead of, you know, being outplayed and being out physiqued and being outworked out there, they were able to turn it around after getting off to a slow start and win that game. So that was pretty cool. Shout out to um, PSU, man. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of fun being on the call for those games. So all of them are on Pluto TV, even tonight's game. Like I said, you'll probably be a little late to that. But any Portland State home game will be on Pluto TV. So you could always check it out there. D-Boy, you got any announcements? Uh, My album out. Life Outside Social Media, we still pushing that hard. And mark your calendars again, January 10th, big show at the Hawthorne Theater. Yeah, with Cool Nuts, SO Supreme, Issa, T Weeze from the Bay. You feel me? Our family. So we like to keep it within the family and, you know, close vibes with people that we really rock with. So that's going to be a great show. Both myself just dropped the album, and Cool Nuts will be dropping the album later this month. So perfect timing to start here in Portland and then take it on the road with a few more shows. So once again, January 10th, we'll be doing an all-ages show at the main room, main stage, Hawthorne Theater. And my album, Life Outside Social Media, is out everywhere. So keep streaming. And if you haven't started streaming yet, go stream it. I'm actually interested in seeing the dynamic of this show because... Me too. You got Cool Nuts, and Cool Nuts is, you know, he's a bit older. Um, He's probably the most prominent. I mean, Amine, I would say, is the most prominent and has made it the most famous globally when right. it comes to uh folks who represent hip hop from the city of Portland. But a lot of people but don't here know he's... locally yeah. But here locally when it comes to the person who has probably put on the most for Portland, I would for have sure, to say cool it's nuts. cool nuts. Right. Because 
Obviously, he had his day of being one of the hottest rappers here in the city. He's got his radio show. He's a promoter. He books all of these shows. He, relationships he has relationships <laughs> and connections because he's kind of been, um, I don't want to call him a gatekeeper, pioneer? but he's kind of been, he's been the pioneer and he's been really the, the, the connector to Portland hip hop to other regions of mm -hmm. hip hop. Mm -hmm. So the most Bay, people, the Bay, especially LA, West Coast cities, yeah. the Bay, LA, Seattle, he does the coast uh, to coast, coast thing to coast, now, Denver, so you name Phoenix, it. All right, right, spots. right, right. So he is the guy who's kind of put on and become kind of the biggest legend in hip hop culture as it refers to the city of Portland. And that's generational. I mean, he stays tapped in with the younger generation. Obviously, right. you and him aren't the same generation, and y'all are doing a show together. Yeah, we close. But, we locked in. But he's also locked in with the E-40s of the world and some mm -hmm. of the older generation that happens to be more so around his age group. So right. I'm interested to see the dynamic because I want to see sort of the blend of kind of a younger crowd that you will probably bring, right. and Issa and some of these other artists will yeah. probably bring, yeah. and some of the older crowd that he would probably be bring because there's such a dynamic and there's so many conversations surrounding right. these generations of hip hop and the, the the disconnect between the older generation and the younger generation. So yeah. and I'm I want to see it from a low level what y'all can do. Especially because I think coolness will bring out the, when I say the heart of the city like people who are really from here, like grew yeah. up in the, in this Portland, I, you can call it the ghetto community. Like it's a part of the Portland, urban community of bit, Portland, yeah, right, right, right. A little bit the northeast community. Harder, now, I mean? now so, supposedly they're all in Gresham. Yeah, but you yeah, heard of the, the gentrification and stuff, right, right, but right. you know, just him being—he's from here, born and raised. And so I'm, I'm excited to see the aesthetic with a born and raised real pioneer here, as well as me, somebody from the Bay, somebody who moved here from LA and really been active in this scene too. Right. So I think it's gonna be dope, man. Like I said, January 10th—that's the day of that show. Tickets are $13 in advance and 15 at the door. Support, show up, and show out. For sure, for sure. Now, let's get straight to it, D-Boy. This is going to be a bit more of a music-heavy podcast because um, we're going to be talking about a couple artists and some big news surrounding these artists. Um, we'll start kind of on the sadder end, and that is Juice World, the young rapper who, who passed away. Um, allegedly, it was an overdose. He had a seizure. And that led to him dying. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. And so, uh, first off, condolences to his family. Condolences to his friends. Condolences, condolences to his fans. Condolences to hip hop because he definitely made a huge name and a huge mark for himself within the hip hop community in such a short time. I mean, he died at 21 years old. That's a young age right. to pass away at. But nonetheless, his impact was noticed by folks all over the by world. Millions. So by millions, us included. So mm -hmm. really my condolences are to everybody um, that knew of Juice World before his passing and then for the ones who are hearing and discovering Juice World after his passing because there's some folks that might have a greater connection to his music because they're just now getting around to it mm -hmm. because he did have a certain niche when it came to the type of music that yeah. um you it's know more he created like emo not emo necessarily but kind of like a emo slash um depression slash you're not the only one type of rap you know what right, i mean right, when right, it's right, like right, right. i felt like his music really heavily focused around drug addiction, uh, heartbreaks in relationships and 
unfortunately, this is the reality of life. We've all went through or been through a breakup. Uh, we all either have battled or know somebody who's battled addiction, whether it was drug addiction, sex addiction, or anything else of that nature. So I feel like when these kind of artists come out, the, the reason why they are so impactful is because they are advocates for something that they might not have even beat yet. You know, we oftentimes hear yeah. about people who advocate after they've been through the storm and made it out. But as we see and we know now, like Juice World was talking about that in in shedding light on how negative drug, you know, and overdosing and all of that is in the people that we've lost before him. And, and he still was battling it himself in yeah. the meantime. So I think that's important to touch on too, because that definitely makes people feel like, okay, that's me. Like I'm like this person. And, I can relate. And that's what I want to talk about because obviously the internet has blown up since this has happened. Mm -hmm. You have some of your, and not even just rappers, but some of your folks, as I mentioned, talking about you and cool nuts. Um, obviously this is an entirely separate central situation, but when you start to look at the reactions that people are having from the older generation in comparison to the younger generation, mm -hmm. um, I've seen I've seen Joyner Lucas come out and talk about this kind of stuff more so in a negative light. I've even seen Jamel Hill, who obviously isn't an artist, but somebody who narrates on the culture, somebody who orates about the culture and her coming out and really talking about um, how past generations more so wrapped about dealing the drugs rather than using the drugs. Mm -hmm. And it I felt like, like it was a little bit of a shot at the younger generation who's making this music about their realities of using the drugs. I'm and, feeling like it's a shot. I'm going to tell you not to cut you off, but I've seen Future taking a lot of backlash. And as a fact, I'm not sure if you even know about this, but Juice World openly in an interview and upon meeting a future, they did a project together and everything, but he told future that future was the reason that, um, juice world started sipping syrup when he was 13, 14, 15 being influenced. Mind you, he's only 21 when he passed. So mm -hmm. that was six, seven years ago, probably when future was coming in hot, right? You know what I'm saying? And he it said that he literally told future face to face, as well as in an interview that future was the reason that he started sipping syrup, taking lean. And so I felt more of that's what the Jamels and even the Joyner Lucas was talking about because these other artists are literally glorifying being users, like you said. And we grew up on where they was talking about getting money and being a D-boy, really selling it. But to be able to, you know, big up being a junkie and having a using problem, that's a whole nother vibe. But, but it's a whole nother vibe. But my question is, I mean, obviously... It's life and death there, but I also feel like there's pretty close or pretty similar of a risk of life and death as being a drug dealer, being a D-boy, being somebody in the streets, being somebody who is selling and distributing these drugs because you know what comes with that life as well. And I mean, more so probably jail than death, but nonetheless, is it better to glorify one over the other? I, I understand that right now we're talking about a situation where a young man died. So it's easy to kind of lean into the fact that rappers and artists should be more so talking about dealing the drugs than using the drugs. But 
should that even be the response people should be having is leaning more towards dealing the drugs or using the drugs because I feel like that's what's being used right I mean, now I hate to, to kind of cover up or to kind of um, diminish I the I hate users. to have to decide if one is better or worse than the other, but I do think glorifying using drugs is worse than glorifying selling drugs. Um, we know in the urban culture, since the beginning of time, the common story single-family homes, broken homes, broken families, poverty, struggles, homelessness, the whole nine well, yards. America, the right. story and of so, America, really. Right, but I'm saying especially to that to that superstar basketball player. We hear it in LeBron all the time, and the superstar rappers where it's like, I came from nothing. That is the story behind us as a culture, not mm -hmm. necessarily America, that I came from nothing, broken home, no father type of family. That's common to hear, right? Yeah, but I it, still think that there's a foundation that America laid for that to be the reason, which is why I'm, I said America. Like, but I get what but you're I'm saying. I'm saying from the example the of culture and the people who have succeeded in the black community, uh -huh. the story generally is very common. We come from nothing and we made something out of it. And the steps that took place in between that might have been drug dealing, might have been stealing, might have been all of this stuff, which we know there is a direct risk and connection with that too, as you mentioned, usually ending up dead or in jail. However, when it comes to these glorifying using these drugs that literally can kill you on the spot, it's almost like suicide, for real. And that's where I think it becomes much more terrifying because to lose a life period is sad but i've always looked even biblical wise like taking your own life is frowned mm. upon period and i look at these things more of a accidental suicide than wrong place wrong time or drug deal gone bad or the things that the go along, that you know or, yeah. yeah and so it's it's not that i i hold one more valuable than the other but i think when we're literally given the message that it's okay to poison your body, it, it's creating yeah, these kind of I'm, things. And that's the thing. I, and I actually more so agree and align with you than not, but my whole thing is just simply, it's more so challenging hip-hop. It's more so challenging the culture. And I'm somebody that's of the culture. We talk about the culture. We love the culture. We represent the culture. But I, I still sort of am not straight up and down with using comparisons of drug dealing <laughs> to suppress drug but using. But I mean, I think that's just, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the Jamel Hill. Like, you could say a few people have more, done that. But, 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 but I think it's more I so speaks more, to that generational I think gap more people I was talking are focused about, on the fact of people glorifying using drugs. I, I don't sure. think it has nothing to, I mean, I think, like I said, some people might bring that into context about what the old generation used to rap about. And unfortunately... Like, I could, even in my music, it's like, it's some things that I might not glorify or big up that I've done before, but because that was a time in my life and my music is vastly around real life, mm -hmm. it's, it's relatable. And I speak on it. And it might be mistaken as a cool thing to do and, or and, you, you know what yeah, I mean? And I want to be clear. I don't mind those that speak on it either. And, and so it's just that's what I'm saying. When it's the reality of it, then cool. But I also think when we hear about these other artists that are big upping and talking about doing these drugs, they they make it look so 
they don't make it look so serious. They make it look like, mm -hmm. oh, pop the molly, I'm sweating. Dude, and even Mac Dre, somebody we love, he had the whole city Thiz, on Thiz pills and stuff. Thizzing. You feel me? And yeah. it's like, we'll sit here and, and, and take shots at E-40 saying he, that he's polluting the community with alcohol and mm -hmm. all these different things. Mm -hmm. We could take it a step further and even say, with movies, the biggest movies that we usually see are condoning sex, drugs, robberies, all that yeah, kind of we, stuff. We, That's we a like part negativity. of the entertainment. Yeah, we oh, like, that, we like, we, right. we attract, we're attracted to negativity. Right. And so when, you know, a, a mind strong person, a mind strong person has to be able to decipher the reality compared to the entertainment aspect of all of these different things. But when it comes to drug using and these artists that are seemingly showing a successful lifestyle i'm talking about high-end cars high-end fashion traveling the world they are making it look like these are boosters in order to handle this oh i'm in the studio for 12 hours i gotta be on drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. oh i've been traveling and just did two shows in three states and you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so they make it look like this is necessary to 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 do this lifestyle and people like drake are speaking out saying, I'm tired of seeing the, this story. 21-year-old, 23-year-old yes. losing their life because they aren't able to handle the things that somebody like Future may have been lucky to beat. Mm -hmm. you, you get what I'm saying? And so I think it is a lot more serious to advocate for doing drugs and using drugs as opposed to going through a phase of being a drug dealer at some point in your life and hustling to make money. Yeah, and that's, and yeah, I guess, like I said, I'm actually thoroughly enjoying this conversation because you are the guy who's in the world of music. And I feel like you are sort of in that in between stage of kind of this generational gap. And this is, this will sort of be a topic all day today. So we'll be talking about kind of generations. And I think it'll be just an unwritten theme that I didn't come in here thinking it would be a theme, but knowing the next subject that I'm talking about, I know this same theme will come tie up in. and mm -hmm. it'll tie in. But I'm just trying to really get to the root of how we help this younger generation who's already disconnected from this older generation and how the older generation and how we can question the older generation on a more efficient and effective way Can I tell to you reach back and touch the younger generation without saying that they thrived off of a different type Can of negativity. Hey, talk to how? me. I, this is what I'm here for. I think, I hate to say it, but I think these, these passings, these deaths are the sacrifice. And I, I'm going to get a little bit deeper into that. What it. I mean by that is I'm not going to say any names because I'm not going to put nobody's business out there, but since juice world's passing i've seen two people post about checking themselves into rehab and battling with saying basically long story short we love to turn up the lifestyle people know me for is turning up and it's nothing wrong with that but for certain people it is something wrong with that because for some people the party never ends we might mm -hmm. go turn up on saturday and have a little hangover on sunday sleep it off eat it off and be cool but when it's these drug you know these intensified drugs that are being used so commonly and over the top or prescription pills that you literally are supposed to take x amount of but you double and triple that amount there are side effects in the aftermath to all of that mm -hmm. and we grew up in a church i remember preachers sometimes would go preach for over an hour 
sometimes. And then at the end of the at the end of the sermon, you know, talk to people about saving lives. Uh, you know, if they believe in God and the whole spill with that. Yeah. And I remember the the preacher used to say, I don't care if it's just one if it's just one life that's saved in here today. My job is done. Yeah. And I, I, I read an article today where Juice Rose family finally spoke up in his mom. And that was a big thing. He had so many fans because he was open with it. He was direct with the people. And it was so many people who battled the same kind of things as him that the reality of it is like, damn, like he 21 and he just died for real. He off of allegedly was Percocets or whatever the pills is they said he swallowed. And so, like I said, to see two people already checking the rehab directly connected with this Juice World death, I think the more we hear, I think Mac Miller was a big one too. That was a big loss to the mm -hmm. hip hop community yeah. and drug users. I think it was a very important story on purchasing drugs and not knowing what you're really taking. It's just mm -hmm. the more that this is happening, it's unfortunate to the singular lives that we're losing and the families and fans and friends connected. But furthermore, I think it is raising awareness and people yeah. are going to get help and checked out and taking it serious because that's the negative side. Like I said, we hear the positive and we see what appears to be positive with certain artists that rap about it and are still living. But when these deaths occur, it's eye opening. It's interesting you say that because obviously I do a lot of grassroots work. I do a lot of advocacy for people living out on the streets and drugs are very prominent amongst that world. And I'm somebody who is really closely connected to a lot of these people. And I do know somebody that recently passed away on the streets unfortunately because of drug use mm -hmm. and i do know um kind of the instant influence that it is having on people that befriended this particular person and how kind of anxious and eager and in some ways how committed they are to clean themselves up in the honor of this particular person that passed away on the streets and mm -hmm. so you know unfortunately that was what it came down to is this person had to pass away for them to commit themselves and make a commitment to their loved one and somebody that they cared about that they might have dabbled in some things with that led to that person's death too. Right. But that was the eye opener oh, was that, that person died. That's so what I mean. I do understand and, and get I, what you're saying and I read the, because and I read one of the we got to find an answer to this and yep. people are just throwing stuff out there yep. and these are situations that we have to handle with a little bit more TLC Facts. and we can't try to start making comparisons of what the rappers used to do in comparison to what to, in comparison to, to what the young to fix rappers what's going are doing. On now. Exactly and that's why ultimately I wanted to have this conversation and bring this conversation and get to this point that we are now at in this conversation because I think it's important for folks to understand that just spouting out anything and making comparisons isn't necessarily the way I think that's efficient to get the job done and for us to not have to deal with as many of these types of tragedies. Right. And one of the people that I was referring to in this segment, um, I, like I said, I'm going to remain anonymous, but I'm going to read two back-to-back -back posts. The day that Juice World passed. They said, I don't know what to do right now. I am lost. I love you, Juice. You made me feel like I wasn't alone all the time without even knowing. This breaks my heart into pieces. So that's one post. The very next post reads, 
Hi, I've been MIA this week. Sorry to the people I ain't responded to, but this world isn't easy to live in. Life can eat you up. We have so many people falling to addictions. As some of y'all know, I turn up and don't get me wrong. It's not the worst thing you can do, but for me, it can be. I've been battling addictions for a while now. I don't want my family and friends to bury me too soon. I made the hardest choice of my life and I checked into rehab two days ago. There's nothing wrong with getting help. I'm doing better now. Pray for me. Thank you for porting, supporting me and my music this month. Yeah. So do you see what I mean by yeah. that direct connection? Even though this person didn't necessarily know Juice World personally, the message in his music made him not feel alone for mm -hmm. one and the death was that final straw to where it's like the reality of being buried too soon by your friends and family is a harsh thought. Right. It's a harsh reality, and you're going to either choose to get help. Some people are strong-minded enough to do it themselves without help, but like I said, until we push harder the resources and the things that can be done instead of advocating and turning the other eye to what we see and the people that's showing signs of addiction... These deaths are the only other thing that's really yeah. opening our eyes. Yeah, it's crazy, man, that, that it does come down to kind of the worst of things to take place to really open your eyes. I mean, I, I and you know about my post that I posted on Instagram and my own personal family situation mm -hmm. that you all can go look at and check it out for yourself. Just go to my Instagram. I'm sure you'll find it. But even to that, now, my problems didn't necessarily have to deal with drug use. But it did have to deal with some other things that I kind of got caught up in. And I didn't necessarily reach out for help in these areas either. And it almost got me to a place where my entire situation and my entire family dynamic would have been completely broken. And so I understand that, you know, speaking your truth and because I've spoke my truth out about it publicly, I've received more support than I ever could have imagined when I was going through certain things and sort of trapped in my own thoughts based on how I was moving, even though I knew it wasn't necessarily the best or most efficient way to move. So that's why this conversation is just kind of tugging at my heartstring on multiple levels, because like I said, I see people that deal with these issues day in and day out that just don't necessarily have the platform that Juice World had to be able to reach so many different people. But I also, there's other aspects of life where when we don't communicate it and we don't pour out and we don't discuss it and kind of talk about it with other people, we do more so feel like we're in a state of loneliness, but there are people out there that are willing to help and be there for you. So I just think there's so many dynamics and so many conversations to be had off of this. And I, I just think that I think this was one of the most productive conversations we've had because, yeah, sometimes it does take the absolute worst for other folks to really, truly get it together. And so with that being said, I'm not here to judge Juice World. I'm not here to judge the young, sad rappers. I'm not here to drug the youth, to judge the drug users and in some cases the drug abusers. I'm just ultimately here to say that there is help out there somewhere, even in the times where it doesn't necessarily feel like it. And we do need to be more open to being able to receive that help and not be so internal about everything uh, because about being say. that internal will eat you it, up it, faster. It, it, it does and more, more harm than good. It does more harm than good. It'll eat you up faster and it'll eat you up quicker and more wholesome than you just coming out and letting me know like, hey, 
I'm in a bad state. I'm fucking up. I'm in a bad situation and I've been doing something really bad or something that's out of my character that I know I shouldn't be doing. And I need help. I need support. I need love. As I mentioned, I need TLC. So that was a great conversation there. And ultimately, rest in peace, Juice World. Um, your music will forever live on because you impacted so many people with it. Um, like I said, condolences to the family, to the friends, and to the fans. And uh, that's how we're going to end that segment there. But next up, we're going to talk a little bit more about artists. And we'll talk about Lizzo and her recent endeavors at the Los Angeles Lakers game. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So, Lizzo, let's get straight to it because I'm on a little bit of a time crunch, and so we ain't going to talk too much about it, and we still got our Take an L segment yeah, after that, this. That first segment was the, was the one. It was the one. Yeah, it was necessary, sure. and mm-hmm. it was needed, though. So, yep. But now I'm in a rush because I got to go do a pregame show from here. So, right, right. Um, so, Lizzo, I just, let's just get straight to it, man. You got any thoughts that just pop into your head? Obviously, for those, let's just tell the backstory real quick. For those of you that don't know, Lizzo showed up to the Laker game and she was wearing like a, a long shirt that could be, I guess, taken like as like a dress. Maybe. It was a shirt that could, was long enough to be a dress on a woman, uh, on Lizzo in particular, because that's who we're talking about. But her ass was cut out, like her her back part was cut out where you could see her whole buttocks. Yeah, you can see the cheeks. And she was, like, wearing a thong, and it was super public, and it was super out there, and she wasn't too shamed by it. She was out there twerking and dancing, and ultimately, it just made big news. I mean, it it, it, it hit the internet fast. It circulated all across the internet, and a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about what Lizzo decided to do at such a public place such as the Laker game. It was wrong. So it was wrong. Talk to me. Cause I, I've been somebody that has defended Lizzo here on this podcast. And I, and I do defend her still in some areas because I think she's a hell of a talent, but go ahead. It was wrong. It was, it was a bad sight for one. I think it was just very revealing way too revealing actually. And it wasn't a good look. If we're talking about just being an advocate of bigger women, being able to still dress sexy and all that. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. But whether it was the most perfect figured person or not, the outfit was uncalled for for the basketball a basketball game. game. <laughs> Down to the point yeah. where it seemed like if you're sitting on the seat, your bare naked ass is what's on the seat. Like it was which nothing is, which covering, is not, which is not clean, which is not okay. It was just <laughs> nothing covering the butt cheeks from what I saw. And to basically go on the court and dance and draw that extra attention, I thought was unnecessary. She took a shot at Carl Anthony Towns yeah, that she liked him <laughs> and was close to the sweat dripping off all of that, which yeah. like I said, I'm all for the humor in it. I'm all for, yeah, she's a hell of an know, entertainer. I'm all for entertainers, like an athletes and the whole nine. But like I said, the, whoever her stylist is, the outfit wasn't even a good look. Like, it wasn't a good look period. Yeah. And then, like I said, for it to be a basketball game and her knowing what she was wearing and, 
asking for the extra attention. It would be different even if she was just sitting down at the game chilling and maybe a TMZ or something posted it. Not so, but the fact that she twerked and danced all right there, um, the first thing I could think of is, man, she had to be drunk. And you never want nobody to think that up on the first view of anything that you do. I was like, damn, she she was on one. But like I said, it was just a bad view, a bad look. The wrong place for it, definitely the wrong time. And I'm it, it shouldn't affect her career in any way. She addressed it. Yeah. She got it's not that big of I a mean, deal she just to me. Won entertainer of the year yeah, like a day or two. Yeah, after it's not that. that big of a deal to me, but it was a bad look. And that's all I gotta say. Yeah, I hear you. And this going back to what I said, a common thing on a theme, excuse me, on today's podcast would be um generations and sort of you're hearing a lot of people coming out and, you know, talking about that setting and how there is children in that particular setting, which I, as somebody with kids, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a pickle because sure, that's not something that I would want mine to be exposed to. And that's not something that I would advocate for minds to do at any point in their lifetime as kids, as adults, just period. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's something I would advocate for, but in another realm, knowing what is being exposed on today social media, on social media and on the internet. They see worse every day. They see worse every day. And how do you learn to kind of navigate through that without being out of touch with the younger generation? Because while you're trying to suppress them from seeing certain things that you don't think they should see or be around, unfortunately, the reality is they're seeing certain things that you want them not to see and not to be around. And they have more access to it than ever. And to try to keep up with every little single thing is just something that's going to be hard to do. And ultimately, you'll be out of touch with them and you won't be able to kind of speak with them in a real way based on certain things that they're going through. Like I said, talking about the generational conversation with the older artists reaching back to the younger artists. How do we navigate through all of this? Because we have to try to find a common ground or a winning way to be able to touch the younger generations who know that you are out of touch with what it is they're actually seeing and revealed to and are going through. So for me, I'm more so caught in a pickle. Like I said, if we're just talking about Devon Pouncey, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for what Lizzo did. But if we're talking about Devon Pouncey and his attempt to be aware of others, especially because I'm I live in a parental state daily, then I kind of get mixed feelings about things, not accepting what it is that she did, but kind of more so learning what battles to fight and learning how to navigate through these battles and through these through these instances, because. There's worse happening out there and there's worse that these kids are being exposed to out there. And what do you tackle first? Do you tackle it all or how do you tackle what is kind of the state that I'm in right now? And knowing that there's this women empowerment wave, knowing that a lot of times there have been these sort of misogynistic uh, traits that have taken place in society that haven't necessarily been right that are sort of leading to some of the rebellious ways of women having to really know and understand and navigate through that. Isn't the easiest thing to do as a man, <laughs> like Facts. straight up yeah, as real. a man, it just isn't the easiest thing to do. So, I mean, some people might've expected me to have a super hot take here, but honestly, I'm, 
tiptoeing through this thing because I'm trying to understand from my own point of view and how I think and feel internally about things, but also others' points of views around me, knowing sort of the bad history as to why are these actions taking place. It's more so the why that I want to know more so than, than what. Like, we know what happened, mm -hmm. but why did that happen the way right. that it did is mm -hmm. more so what I'm starting to kind of think about and trying to navigate myself through. So, like I said, if I'm just being me, no, I don't think it was a good look either. But who am I at the same time, knowing all that exists out here in this world and this society today to try to shoot that particular thing down. So that's why I agree with you. I'm still a fan of Lizzo. I still support Lizzo. I still support her career. I think she deserved Entertainer of the Year just a day or two after that because she has very much so entertained society in a way that I've never seen before, honestly. So shout out to her. But I just can't necessarily say I agree with what she did. But who am I to say anyway? So next up, we're going to finish it off with our Take an L segment. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. We in our Take an L segment. Some, some take L's as losses, some take L's as lessons. It's totally up to you on what you want to consider a loss or a lesson on this particular podcast, but we try to kind of give you both at the same time, and sometimes we don't. So I'd rather you be the one to decide because we may not necessarily be able to, or we may be able to, but that doesn't necessarily mean what we see as a loss isn't a lesson for you or what we see as a lesson isn't a loss to you. So take mm -hmm. it how you can get it. But um, D-Boy, what you got for me? All right. I'm going to say the hip-hop community, and this is not going to be to elaborate further into the Juice World situation. We know, obviously, I'm tying that into Juice World. But when I say the hip-hop community, I'm talking about the consumers of hip-hop. I'm talking about other hip-hop artists. The hip-hop community as a whole took a loss with the Juice World thing. And really, I want to go into it because two things stood out to me. One of them was a post you did on Instagram about a week or two ago. And another one is a TikTok challenge. TikTok is a new uh, app that's very popular right now. And um, about a month ago, Juice World had a song, Lucid Dreams, that's it's been out for a year or two now. It's his biggest record to date. And I still see the, the shadows, shadows in my Exactly. Yeah. That song went viral on TikTok as a challenge where people were faking a seizure and spinning out water. Oh, Did you see wow, anything no, about that? I, I it is to, It is complete compilations all over the internet of people just a month ago playing Juice World song, faking a seizure, and spitting out water. Allegedly, he passed away having a seizure and bleeding from the mouth. Damn, I, I didn't thought know that. that was extremely crazy as far as just being careful what you manifest. Like I said, the universe. Us, as, <laughs> the universe, exactly. Damn. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even as far as consumers and fans of music, we have to listen and pay attention to what we are emulating and imitating and what kind of message we put out in the universe because obviously it's coincidental. But like you said, damn, damn. you feel me? And then to the post that you put where you asked out of Meek, Drake, Future, and somebody else who would have to go. And it was a lot of verbiage in response on, yeah, on, that, a whole on that post. And I said Future and a big part of my reason and people actually liked it and said it was a good take that I had was about him being a junkie and 
advocating drug use and different things like that. And so, uh, you know, for me to, that was before me even knowing that he's the reason why Juice World ever started sipping syrup and lean and all that. And like we said, we know Lil Wayne was open about it. That's why I'm just saying. Music wholesome, is subjective. Exactly. It's subjective. So as a whole, as a hip hop community, whether it's a fan, an artist, whatever, just be mindful about what you're putting into the universe, what you're supporting and what you're, you know, polluting your mind with ultimately, because like we see, this is one of the worst case scenarios of it. For sure. For sure. And I've, I've, I, that post was a very interesting post and mm-hmm. it was great dialogue that came with it. And I actually was somebody who supported and advocated for future. And usually I'm somebody that supports and advocates for the younger generation as well in a lot of ways, because, you know, I, I, I do see and understand some of the pain that they're going through being a little bit closer in age to them. But I also understand other messages that come through music that many people need to hear that maybe sometimes I don't necessarily need to hear because in some areas I may live that music. So it's so subjective because sometimes people like to hear stories or fantasies or something or even something that's real that they can't necessarily expose because of a certain lifestyle that they already portray to live. So it's so subjective, which is why for me, I still support future. I still support the young rappers that kind of are more so on this sad, depressed state. If I like it, if I like the music, I support it. I should say, I don't just, go to it because it's there and because it's wavy or because it's trendy but some of it i can relate to and some of it i can understand and sort of hear things out on it so i, I agree I'm, it, it's definitely multiple dynamics there that makes this just uh, all around sort of trippy situation but that tiktok challenge i had no idea about and that's too far in my eyes and i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have done that at all right but um my l is gonna have to go to roger goodell in the nfl because there basically was a statement. And let me grab my phone here because I like to have my statements and stuff on point. But Roger Goodell, who is the commissioner of the NFL, has basically come out and spoken about the entire Kaepernick situation, which is something that we've been talking about here. And... You know, Kaepernick basically was not able to get a job and hasn't gotten a job. And Goodell said, and I quote, as this thing loads up for me here, he addressed it and said, in regards to the Kaepernick Kaepernick workout, and I quote, it was a unique opportunity, a credible opportunity. He chose not to take it. And I understand that. He added that the league has, quote unquote, moved on, (laughs) which to me is very telling of what I've been saying all along and what I said, especially in the conversation that we had about the Kaepernick workout, is that the league was in cahoots about this the entire time being that the league has moved on being that the league colluded together to have this particular workout for Kaepernick who yet still did nothing wrong, did nothing illegal. When usually you have teams that are interested in a player that wants to do a workout with the player because they have a specific need for their specific team, because guess what? No one team is the same. 
game. So this is ultimately telling me, and it's allowing me to understand why Colin Kaepernick never agreed to the workout on the terms that the league tried to create for him to be able to work out with them because they essentially colluded together to make this a credible, and I say that with air quote air quotes, workout for Colin Kaepernick under their own terms and their own circumstances that did not match the terms and circumstances that Colin Kaepernick had already abided by because he's been in this league before. And now Goodell is saying that the league has moved on. I think it just ultimately proves that there was collusion at play all along. There was just different types of collusion. But nonetheless, the league colluded against this guy, and they still colluded, but they tried to make it seem as if they colluded in favor of Kaepernick, when ultimately, in reality, they didn't because all it took was for him not to show up to that particular workout to say, hey, we moved on from Kaepernick. I think we all kind of knew and expected that Kaepernick wouldn't be back in the league after that particular workout, but... The way the league has exposed himself in this particular situation up to the point of what Goodell is now saying, I think it's tacky. I think there's so many holes in it, and I think ultimately they just exposed himself in a nasty, negative way. So I'm giving Roger Goodell and the NFL a big, fat L today and not a lesson. This is a loss because that's a trash way to go out for a guy who really never truly did anything wrong to not be in your league in the first place. So that's who I'm giving my L today. You got anything on that real quick? Yeah, I just think, man, I think it's time to, I think the Kaepernick talk just been going long enough. I felt like once the place got changed and all this, like, he already wasn't on that good side. So they tried to find anything they could do. I'm not surprised by them moving on. We know there was collusion involved. It, like, nothing surprises me, but I'm just sick of the the talk of it because now i I rather him, if he's going to be an NFL player and they're going to give him a shot, be that. If not, you know, take your stance and continue to push the agenda that you obviously felt in that. I feel I, like I, it's more important than football. Fair. I don't think that's fair. What's not fair? I think, I think you can do both. No, I, no, I'm saying yeah, since I, he I can't, I'm saying since they're not giving him the ability and option to, like I said, yeah. we already knew they were looking for any little thing to continue right. to tarnish his name and his legacy. So for that's sure. all I have to say is for that sure. because they, they're taking this and running with it, I'm not surprised. And I think he just is going to have to continue to push the agenda as the activist that he's turned to. I hope he sued their ass again I for think collusion he will. now. I think he will. That's why he, he didn't sign he, that paper. He didn't sign that paper, and he now will. he has proof that they've colluded because they've now moved on as an entire league. He's and playing, the man still ain't done He's been playing this smart this whole time. Played it smart the whole time. But I do Sue think he ass, knew he Cap. wasn't playing football again. I think Sue this is all part of it. So let's do it. Yeah. Great show. Great show. And it was cool. We usually talk. We're usually more of a sport heavy podcast but today we got to get into more music culture real life all that good stuff and quite frankly i'm here for it so um d-boy real quick tell them where to find you all that good stuff d-boy ltd with an i not a y that's where you can find me on all social media twitter instagram and everything else uh like i said keep listening keep streaming whether it be my music whether it be this podcast always great content but i'm d-boy ltd with an i not a y 
and I'm Pounce underscore Sation, or just search my name, Devon Pouncey. Make it out to Export this Saturday. It'll be my last time at Export this year. I'm not booked for the rest of the month, but believe you me, January, I will be back in the building, and we will be getting it on and cracking, and I'll update y'all until then. But you still got another shot to catch me this Saturday. As I say, as always, give it your all in whatever it is that you do. And we will leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.